Hi there, and welcome to AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator Magazine about all things commercial tech integration. I'm Adam Forziati, the web editor here at CI, and we just got back from Infocom like many of you in the AV industry have. We captured so much video while we were there that we're releasing on CommercialIntegrator.com every day now, but we really wanted to take a moment just to sit down and hash out the details of some of the larger trends that we noticed, just some observations from the show floor that we thought were valuable to our listeners. So that's what we're doing today with a little special guest. We have managing editor of our sister brand, Tech Decisions, Jonathan Blackwood here. He's offering a really great perspective on the show since his magazine covers end users. So really great perspective there. So without any further ado, I'll hop right into that conversation of what a bunch of editors made of the Infocom 2018 show floor. Okay, guys, the um, the flights are back. The, the legs have been stretched. The expense reports filed. Our Infocom uh, experience in and of itself is over. doesn't, of course, mean that our work is over. Listeners to the show might recognize Tom LeBlanc, Editor-in-Chief of Commercial Integrator. You want to say hi? Hey, everybody. Uh, and they might also recognize Craig McCormick, the uh, man who needs no introduction. All right. <laughs> but we also today have uh, Jonathan Blackwood, he's the managing editor of Tech Decisions, our sister brand. Jonathan, thank you for joining us. You were at Infocom with us, and you were uh, seeing just as many companies as we did. Nice to nice to have you here. Yeah, it's good to be here. Uh, so, Jonathan, we really wanted to have you here first and foremost to talk about your Infocom experience before we share some of our observations from the floor, uh, because you really serve and, and write to people who you know integrators serve. So. Uh, you wanted to talk today a little bit about data analytics and interoperability. Um, what's going on with data analytics at the show this year? What did you see on the floor? What are your observations? Yeah, so uh, it's a relatively uh, new trend that I think people will have heard of before. Data analytics and business intelligence is the kind of the term that, that goes hand in hand with it. And on the show floor this year, I saw a lot more, and I'm, I'm excited to see a lot more AV products that are tracking their own usage. So uh, conferencing systems, displays that basically not only you know work like any other display or, or system that you might have, but track the amount of time that they're used. They track who's using them sometimes. It, it really depends on the product. You can get uh, a lot crazier. But the big thing is tracking how often it's on, what time it's on, uh, things like that. And that gives uh, technology managers the ability to see basically what they should buy more of or get less of. So if they have a conference room with a display screen or something like that, uh, and they say that it's being used you know, one hour of the day, then they know not to make more of them. But if they have a separate conference room with a different display screen and they see it's used seven hours out of the day, then they know that their employee base uh, prefers that. Uh, display screen or that system, what have you, and they can make uh, decisions about what to buy in the future based off that. So CI listeners who might not be as familiar with tech decisions, and by the way, they should be familiar with tech decisions because tech decisions is a great you know resource for your customers and it's good for you to be reading it as well. But CI listeners uh, would probably be pretty interested in your perspective on to what degree those technology managers, whether they be IT directors or facility managers, whatever their positions are, on your view of how much that type of information is in demand. Because from the CI point of view, it seems like there's a big opportunity to sell managed services around providing that data. And like you say, 
the tools that uh, were shown at Infocom makes it easier to get that data. Yeah, I think that uh, the big place that you're going to see it the most or, or that technology managers are going to appreciate it the most are on college campuses because you have small, relatively small AV or IT departments, maybe six guys uh, for an entire 40,000 you know, student school with you know 200 classrooms, whatever it might be. Instead of having to, let's go with projectors in, in this case, and something that measures uh, the projector hours and how long that they've been on. Now, instead of having to go into every classroom or waiting until projectors fail, they can track how much the projectors have been used so that when it's time to replace a lamp or when it's time to do maintenance on it, they just know based on the analytics that they're given and they can go to that classroom and get it done. They can do preventative maintenance on it, uh, and they don't, they're not at the beck and call of a um, you know, professor who just walked into the classroom and needs the projector to work right now, they already fixed it a week ago. So let's uh, slide back a little bit in scale. Um, Craig, you wanted to speak about uh, your the, the changing demographics of the show, um, and I wanted to know if the rest of us sort of had the same experience. Can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I think it's been pretty noticeable, at least the last couple of years, that, that there's been a lot more end users at, at the Infocom shows. Um, that's that's an intentional push by Avixa to incorporate more of the the you know the channel from start to start to finish into the show to I guess give them you know more of a firsthand opportunity to see some of the products how, how they work in in you know, in the systems and things like that. Um, I, I don't know that, that I've seen the, the final numbers in terms of percentage for end users, but I heard it was it, around 40% of the, the total attendance, which was, you know, in the 42,000 42, range, I believe, for, uh, for this show. So um, it's, it's, it's a lot of, you know, a lot of people that, that weren't at the show, you know, five years ago that are now having a chance to kind of see this this technology right right in front of them so i i think it's i think it's great a lot of people don't necessarily like it and particularly some integrators wonder you know why the end users are there and and i think worry that they're going to get cut out of the equation and that the manufacturers are going to go directly to the end users to to sell their products i i think there's still room for everybody and i think it's i think it's a good thing yeah, maybe I'm like too idealistic, but I don't really see the connection between end users going to Infocom and them getting cut out of the, or, or integrators getting cut out of the, the purchasing cycle. I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe I'm naive, maybe that, that could happen, but it is kind of two different things, right? The idea of going to a trade show and learning about new technology and new products that are, avail- are available also leads to better customers for integrators. Is that too idealistic of a point of view? Do you think? Um, if if so, I I guess I share the same idealism that uh you know that, that like I said I I do think there's there's room for everybody at, at the show and and you know the end users are looking for different things than the integrators are looking for anyway. So I I don't I I'm sure there will be cases where an end user will. You know, maybe not go to an integrator and we'll go directly to a distributor or a manufacturer. But but I think there's still definitely a need for for integrators and, and their expertise to to be involved in in uh, you know the, these installations as well. Sounds like a pretty legitimate excuse to read tech decisions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, I think so. I mean, from my perspective, I think that uh, I, I don't think I, I don't see how integrators would have anything wrong with having a more informed customer. Because it's just going to make their lives easier. Um, 
you know, someone who actually knows about the products, you don't have to explain it to them. Someone who has an idea of what they're looking for versus just saying, you know, I need to be able to do this. They can say, these are the types of products that I'm looking for. And at the end of the day, if it's something that the end user can install themselves, then they were never going to go with an integrator in the first place. That, you know, the, the types of systems that integrators, that it's worth an integrator's time for are the types of systems that end users just simply aren't going to have the expertise to install anyway. And speaking about the people who know the the technical details of how these products work. Let's get technical for a moment, at least as technical as we can. Jonathan, you wanted to mention something that you noticed about interoperability between uh, different uh, manufacturers. For example, Oblong partnering with Cisco. Um, What else did you notice like that on on the floor? Uh, I noticed it on the floor, but honestly, I've noticed it more or less in the last year, one of the shows I go to every year is Enterprise Connect, and it's a bunch of it's a lot of IT companies and uh, comms companies. And uh, Polycom is a great example of a company that has gone out and made strategic partnerships with companies that otherwise would be direct competitors of theirs, uh, and so that their products can work with video conferencing services like Blue Jeans and um, uh, Microsoft and, and things like that. Um, Oblong is a great example of a company that it was really segmented to its own uh, system, like they handled everything, and now opening it up to Cisco WebEx to be able to work within the mezzanine is really a huge step for that company. And you see a lot of companies making these same moves of, you know, they understand that a company that might have multiple locations, each of those locations might utilize different technology. And for them to be able to be an option for, you know, the fourth location that opens up, their products need to be able to work with legacy products that these companies aren't going to replace across, you know, multiple locations. So, uh, you know, it only works out better for the end user. And I, I mean, my expertise isn't here, but I assume that the integrator appreciates uh, a little bit more ease of, of making disparate uh, products work well together. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. Um, th- this is not necessarily an Infocom observation, but uh, Crestron has a program that's called the Crestron Masters event. And um, at, at that event, there was a lot of conversation about Crestron even kind of opening up and, and becoming interoperable with, with other manufacturers, which which has been, you know, an, an issue that, that Crestron programmers have found for, for a long time that, you know, they only had, could work with other Crestron products. And it sounds like that's that's about to change, which which I think is going to be a big, big help for, for everybody in the industry, not not just for Crestron, but for everybody to, to be able to, you know, kind of have their products work together. One of the memorable conversations I had during Infocom was with uh, Keith Yonke of NEC Display, and we were talking specifically about how NEC seems to kind of embrace what you guys were describing, which is uh, working with partners, not necessarily competitive, in NEC's case, more like complementary partners to uh, almost provide integrated solutions that they can in turn sell to integrators who can make it so that, you know, they have more of a turnkey solution for customers. So in NEC case, excuse me, in NEC's case, you know, working with a, a video wall software company like Hyperwall to provide, you know, their displays in conjunction with Hyperwall software to provide better solutions for command and control rooms. And also uh, NEC working with T1V, which makes the ThinkHub collaboration solution to um, again, combine their displays with that software to provide more of a turnkey collaboration solution. And I don't know that I so much as you guys saw it as like an emerging trend, but it's something that I always like to hear 
when I talk to companies, um, uh, it just seems like it's kind of in the spirit of integration and, and a, a good a good trend to watch. Yeah, and another company I saw that while I was there was was Google, and hmm. obviously they're a, a large company. And, and you got the spot in the. Right. Yeah, it's amazing you got the, the interview. Right, and and they uh, they um, the reason that they were at Infocom in the first place was was to talk about a, a partnership that they now have with with Pexip. Uh, regarding uh, video conferencing and, and that that sort of collaboration, so so you know they're they're even realizing that there's you know a, a reason for them to, to be in in the AV space, and I think that's kind of important for people to to understand and and, and know about as well. Something that I noticed uh, just in general manufacturing terms uh, that it seemed eager it seemed that manufacturers were not necessarily as eager to release a new product line entirely as much as they wanted to stress. This new capability, this new um, sort of pseudo customization options, and this is obviously a little bit more true of the AV furniture manufacturers, um, but I, I did see it in, in other sort of categories as well. But just the the general idea that you know you can add pseudo customization to an existing product line was something that they were announcing at the show or introducing at the show. That sort of relates to something I know you wanted to talk about quickly, Tom. From what you gathered from uh, other integrators who were in attendance, that there was no one particular product or technology that you know everybody was sort of buzzing about. Yeah, I, I think every time I go into a trade show, um, I try to kind of predict at the end of the trade show what is everybody going to be talking about. And I can remember in like some past years, like there was like a, a slew of companies that released you know sort of innovative meeting room ceiling microphones. And that was a big deal, right? Um, you know, other years, you know, it was like collaboration um, uh, solutions were, you know, just sort of explosive. And that was a big talk on the show floor. And, you know, other years it would be like, you know, video walls or something like that. I definitely don't think coming out of Infocom 2018, there's any one consistent product or technology that everybody's talking about. But I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, you know, it's actually kind of reflective of, you know, more of a measured enthusiasm that I think, you know, I got a sense of when I was on the show floor. To me, if everybody's excited about a solution, um, it's reflective of a little bit of tunnel vision, I think, or maybe a little bit of like um, uh, a mindset toward, you know, putting all your eggs and like, in one basket with the hopes that a particular product category or type of application is going to take off. My sense was that there was nothing big at Infocom, but to your point, Adam, there were a lot of, uh, there was a lot to talk about because a lot of existing product lines and a lot of existing product categories had a lot of good logical enhancements that often seem to be based on feedback from integrators. Right. And to me, that's, the real sign of momentum in the industry. I don't know how you guys felt about it. Yeah, if there's if there's one thing I heard from people's mouths a lot on the on the floor, it was you know we were responding to uh, you know input from integrators who wanted this X Y Z feature. So if there, so now I really wanted to just ask you guys a couple of quick questions in general about the show. Um, first of all, what was the weirdest things you guys saw in Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a weird town. I just wanted to know if you saw anything that uh, just made your 
you turn your head or do a double take. Well, I saw, and I don't remember the company that, that had it in their booth, but it was Abraham Lincoln's head on a perch, <laughs> and it was it was talking. It was, you know, it wished me a good afternoon and all kinds of stuff. I, I don't remember the company that had it, but it, it definitely uh, drew a crowd. I also saw a in the, the ZV booth, they were uh, talking about their, their flexible AV solutions and to display that art or to uh, to showcase that they had a uh, Cirque du Soleil performer Whoa. showing off her flexibility at every hour on the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like the most Vegas statement to ever make. Absolutely. I thought it was weird how everybody in Las Vegas was a Golden Knights fan because you know, <laughs> we, we would be, you know, going out to dinner and, you know, watching the game in the bar before dinner and, Whenever the Golden Knights had an opportunity, everybody in the bar would be really excited and cheering and enthusiastic. But I would, I, I, I was surprised that all these people came from their homes and their houses outside of Las Vegas to come in and sit at the bar with me at Caesars. I thought that was kind of strange. <laughs> How about you, Jonathan? You say anything on? Uh, I'll say I'll, I'll stick to on the Infocom show floor. <laughs> okay. I, uh, the owner of Vanguard LED displays dressed up as Albert Einstein, and uh, this is uh, this is an uh, older gentleman and uh, an absolute veteran of of the AV industry, and it was uh, refreshing to see that kind of uh, hustle from somebody, even uh, after they have started a their own company and down the line and they're still wearing a crazy wig and, and trying to draw people in. Uh, outside of the show floor, I saw a show called Absinthe, um, and it was it was about as weird as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, aptly named. Back to the a- Absinthe was the, the booth that you were No, no, Vanguard. <laughs> oh, Vanguard. Vanguard LED Vanguard displays, yeah. Okay. Really stretching for that pun. So yeah. he, was, he, was, um, he was dressed as Einstein, but he also mentioned that uh, he was calling back to young Frankenstein. So it was like, uh, his name, his last name was Wiener and it was like Wiener Steen, not Wiener Stein or, or whatever the joke was. And I didn't see how the two connected whatsoever. <laughs> there wasn't any young Frankenstein, anything in the booth. There was a portrait of Albert Einstein. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was, it was Where they were wearing like white smocks. Right? He was wearing, yeah, he was wearing like a lab coat. I thought it was a lab coat and, uh, just a huge, crazy white wig. See, I was going sure to walk Sorry. Sorry. Are you sure it was a wig? <laughs> I, I, I would hope it was a wig. I was going to, after walking by that booth, I was going to tweet uh, a photo and say, I wonder why um, they're dressed as butchers. <laughs> this booth. But then I didn't send the tweet. Yeah. Well, I have, I got a video. It'll be up on Tech Decisions within the next couple of weeks, but I got an interview with him and, and he'll explain the joke. You might not get it, but he'll explain it. <laughs> I mean, I can anticipate the groans, but my favorite booth was definitely the commercial integrator booth. And I have a good reason. Groan. <laughs> so on day one of the show, I conducted interviews throughout the entire day sitting in the commercial integrator booth, which meant that I didn't have to lug around a backpack <laughs> to bazillion different booths and a bazillion different meetings. And it meant that my knees felt totally fine, fine at the end of day one. And that's good enough reason for it to be my favorite booth. Now, you see, I was going to say the, the favorite thing I saw at the show was the back of my eyes on the flight back. But <laughs> <laughs> after being exhausted all three days. Okay, guys, before we sign off, 
Jonathan, where can we learn more about you and Tech Decisions? Uh, MyTechDecisions.com. You can follow us at MyTechDecisions. Uh, follow me at Blackwood Tweets. And uh, what, even if you're an integrator, there's plenty of great information, and it's a good place to find out what your customer base wants to learn about. And integrators should also submit for Project of the Week. Yeah, without a doubt. Project of the Week, uh, we choose a project every week to highlight. You can submit yourself. Uh, rolling submission, so you only have to submit once, and, and it'll be in contention until it's chosen, and uh, we get really good um, uh, feedback from Project of the Week. Who knows, maybe some of the uh, those projects that will be submitted to you will uh, feature some of the products that were, uh, that were on display. Most likely, yeah. yeah. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to another episode of AV Plus, the podcast from Commercial Integrator. I'm Adam Forziati, web editor at CI. If you want to learn more about what we do, you can go to commercialintegrator.com. You can find this podcast at the hashtag AVPlusPod. That's A-V-P-L-U-S pod. And we're also on Twitter at ComIntegrator. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next week.